failure doesn't mean you failed. Failure right. gives us an opportunity to, to get it right. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Loomi Tech and sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Turing, Upwest Labs, and Hillel at Stanford. This show is about the journey of leaders, and this episode embodies exactly that. Meet Michelle Taylor-Willis, the founder of Gagnant Media. Michelle Taylor-Willis is the founder of Gagnant Media, a Florida native. She is married with four sons and resides in Atlanta, Georgia. She is a proud graduate of the University of Florida and an award-winning entrepreneur, author, speaker, and master strategist. Michelle recently launched her first book, Raising Significance, a guide to well-rounded, independent, and confident kids. She has appeared on the nationally syndicated Tamron Hall Show on ABC to discuss the book and on the Fox affiliate in Atlanta, as well as being featured in several publications. Michelle Taylor-Willis, welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. How are you? Hey, I am doing great. Thanks for having me, Michael. I love your name. I think we have the same name. There you go. Uh, where am I catching you in the world right now? Where are you? Well, I am in Atlanta, Georgia. In Atlanta, Georgia. Well, I, I haven't had the chance to visit Atlanta, Georgia, so I, I'm definitely adding that to my bucket list. Uh, but Michelle... You got to uh, come. For- I, I definitely want to give me one thing that, I, that I'll experience when I arrive at Atlanta, Georgia, that I must experience. Me. <laughs> there you go. You, I see, I, I, I had a feeling that was going to be the answer. I, I love it. Michelle, you're <laughs> a storyteller. You are, um, you know, the journey that you've done, I, I, can't, I don't even know how to categorize you because you've done so many different things. The work that you're doing now, you know, exemplifies such a, a unique and an amazing journey uh, throughout the years, uh, both the impact that you have on people, the insights you have in young entrepreneurs, the book that is that is coming out and, you know, just the, the different things that you've learned over your career. So what I'd love to do, if it's okay with you, just to go all the way back to you studying marketing and advertising, and you're starting in the telecom industry, and walk me through some of the big milestones you've done to get to where you are today, and then we'll pick and choose some fun lessons to talk about. Okay. Um, so let me just start off by saying I'm a salesperson. I, I, I started selling when I was 15. Actually, I probably started selling when I was like one. But, uh, but my first job selling was when I was 15 years old. And I got to tell you that my, my whole trajectory, traje- trajectory in life has been built on my career as a salesperson, right? When I was formally in sales for corporate America, and then as a salesperson for my own business, right? Um, everybody's in sales. And I learned that at the age of 15. So my career started um, in an insurance agency where I was dating this guy and his mom owned an insurance agency and she hired me to cold call. And so I literally would come in every Tuesday and Thursday from like 7 to 9 p.m. Because at that point, that time, that was the best time to catch people at home. And I had a script that I created and I would call people and say, hey, it's Michelle from State Farm Insurance. You know, I can't remember, but something about lowering your you know, car insurance or home insurance by blah, blah, blah. I'd love to schedule a time for you to talk to the agent. Does Wednesday at one o'clock work? You know, 
And I literally was setting up so many appointments and passing it off to the agents um, to where like I was outselling the people who were paid full time to sell. Wow. And um, and so it's crazy, right? And And why was that? Was it because your was it because your script was better because you were more enthusiastic? Why do you think you were outselling them? Hmm. That's a great question, Michael. I think for a couple of reasons, let me just, I really believe that I'm the best at what I do and nobody does what I do better than me. I've always believed that even at a very young age. So having that confidence brings a level of energy to any conversation, to any um, situation, to any circumstance. Right. Um, On top of that, I'm pretty strategic. Even back then, like I was taught I was taught how to script. And so once I learned specific words and ways and things to say things, you know, you just get really good at, you know, using keywords and power words and action words um, and then asking the right questions. So um, I was trained well. I believe I'm the best and I'm intentional and strategic about how I did things. So even at that young age, you know, I was just, you know what I mean? The uh, intentional and strategic that that is not something very common to most fifteen year olds, uh, and and I think that that's that's really cool. So 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 you learn you learn about this idea that you know by being intentional, strategic, confident, you get very very far. How do you then translate that for the rest of your career? So so that confidence piece just continued to grow because as you know, Michael, once you. Once you can, you continue to reassure yourself or you continue to get all these little buy-ins and wins, reaffirming that like, you know, like, dang, okay, I really am the best. You know, I'm really good. Your confidence begins to grow and it continues to right. grow. So from then, you know, when I went to college, I was in, I was in college. I had sales internships in college, right? Um, in, in, in marketing, and in advertising, but I was still working in the summers and on breaks at this agency. So I was continuing to hone my skills because I was working for the best sale. I was working for the best state farm agent in Florida, and she was one of the tops in the in the nation. So I was getting wow. the best training. Um, and so I was taking all of these little tidbits that I've learned about sales, leadership, into everything I do to answer your question. Um, So when I got my internships as a college student, I was taking everything I learned from her into, you know, into that. My first job out of college was with Ferguson Enterprises, and it was a sales job. And I wanted to go into advertising, but when you graduate from college as an advertising major, you get like $16,000 a year. I mean, like it's, it's no money at all. And I was like, I can't. Yeah. It was like, it's insane. It was, you know, and this was a few years ago. I won't say how many, this is a few years back. Right. Um, but you don't make a lot of money coming out as an advertising or journalism major. And I just didn't want to not be paid. So I was like, forget this. And I went directly into sales. And from there, again, I worked for the, the, the largest wholesaling, wholesaler, plumbing wholesaler in the world, and I got the best training. And I was good at it because I was intentional. I aligned myself with the right people, and I, I allowed myself to be trained. And so, again, all of these tidbits I got from the state farm agent, I took to that 
And then all the things I learned as a salesperson at Ferguson Enterprises, I took to my next job. So it's this constant building and taking, you know, life really is a journey. (laughs) And what we have to remember is that if you know where you want to go, you're Mm -hmm. intentional about how you get there. And you realize that every single step is preparation for the end or whatever that looks like. Every single step, if you do it right, right? Right. Um, And so I I knew at the time as a salesperson, the the thing you want to do, do you know this? Like as a salesperson, like the end all be all job as a salesperson is like, medical device sales or biotech sales. Really? That's where you make the most money. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, yeah. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So like for me as a salesperson, I was in business to business sales, but I wanted to be medical device rep biotech because I knew at the time mm-hmm. that was where the money was. And so I was intentional about placing myself there in order for me to get into biotech or med device. I had to be a pharmaceutical sales rep. In order to be a pharmaceutical sales rep, I had to get business to business sales. So again, this intention, this focus, this strategic play. So you ask the question, how did I take this into my journey, into my, these are all the things I learned to take to be strategic. So I got business to business sales experience. I was great at it. Won all kinds of awards. Got a job in pharmaceutical sales. And then when I got to pharmaceutical sales, I realized that in medical device sales, they didn't necessarily want pharmaceutical sales reps because they thought they couldn't really sell because all you're doing is dropping off drugs. And and so uh, then I had to prove that I can really sell. Like, I'm not just dropping off drugs. I'm a salesperson at heart. And I landed myself in um, medical device sales. Wow. Knowing that eventually I would be running my own business because that was always the goal. To so start all, my own so, business. Hold right. When, when did that goal begin? This idea of running your own business. And because one of the things, one of the things that I'm picking up here is this idea of intentionality and strategically strategic placement and training, understanding that every yeah. pit stop along the way is a preparation for sort of like this, this big milestone. So now I understand that, yeah. you know, you've had this vision to run your own business all along, really. And those were just stepping stones for you. That's exactly right. Um, when I was a kid, my, I was raised, my mom raised me and two of my sisters, uh, two sisters. Uh, and uh, and my mom was a business owner. I mm. saw her work corporately, but I also remember when she completely cut ties working for someone else and she started her own business. Now, her business, I learned this. I learned everything from my mom and business and raising kids, all that. I get it from my mom. But she had, you know, what we now call a side hustle. Yeah. And so she's running. I remember watching her as a child run her own business while she worked two jobs for someone else. So she's building her empire slowly but steadily as she's continuing to be able to pay the bills for her children. And watching her do that, I knew at a very young age, I was destined to become 
an entrepreneur and and not just be an entrepreneur, solopreneur, but to build a business, to scale a business, to grow an empire. I knew that that was what I was supposed to do because I watched my mom do it. Um, my father, who wasn't in the picture much, but he was he owned his own business. My grandmother on my mom's side had her own business. My grandfather on my mom's side had his own business. My grandfather on my dad's side had like everybody wow. entrepreneurship is in the DNA. Right. And the interesting thing about DNA is that DNA is gonna do what it's gonna do. We don't have a lot of control over it. Right. Right. And I, it, it sounds to me yeah. that one of the things that you don't have control much is over that passion, over this passion for autonomy, passion for resilience, that grit, seeing, you know, failure after failure, but the attitude of persevering and being intentional, being strategic, and through these milestones, at the end, reaching the light, right? That, that sounds to me something that's yeah. completely inspiring growing up. Yeah, it is. And I think we have to remember that failure, I was just, I was interviewed yesterday and I was asked this question. Failure doesn't mean you failed. Failure gives us an opportunity to, to get it right. Right. And I can think of times specifically in business where I felt like I failed. Right. I, um, I remember even in the magazine, I have a magazine in my media company and there were times when, um, I was the only salesperson, like right now, even I'm the only salesperson because it's hard to find good salespeople. (laughs) And you're carrying a bag as a CEO with 13 employees and you're out there selling your company. And when the sales aren't hitting sometimes, uh, when people aren't paying their bills, when COVID happens and you've got, you know, um, 100, 150, $200,000 in AR, and you have to pay employees and pay yourself, you kind of feel like a failure. <laughs> right. 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 Um, but I, I call it God. I don't know what other people might call it something different, but God has a way of reminding me that I was built for this. Because for every person that doesn't pay on time, somebody else sends a check out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm with you. Okay, I got it, right? For every deal that, that doesn't close, that I think should close, three more come out of nowhere. Right? right? Like that literally happens where I go into a deal just, just happened a few weeks ago. And I'm thinking like, this is it. I'm closing this. This is done. This is a hundred thousand dollar contract. We're good. And they're like, nope. And I'm like, oh God, I suck. (laughs) (laughs) But then like, literally I walk out, you know, and I'm driving and I get a call. Of course. From someone who's like, Hey, listen, I've been watching your magazine for three years. I called you three years ago. I couldn't afford it. I can now afford it. And I want a two-page spread and a back cover for 36 months. How do I get started? What do I do? And I'm like, there you go again. Right. <laughs> right. I think right? that so, like, what you're describing here. Right. I think what you're describing here, you know, from what I see it is a lot of people can make the very easy mistake of of attaching those two events and saying, you know, if I failed in in that, then then that's an indication of of my worth. And the fact that I, you know, and, and then I, I 
that that is like an indication of everything. But then, but they, they really are not connected, right? Because for every you know nine failures, you could get one success. And and I think that what you're describing here is a perfect example where that single event doesn't cannot be extrapolated most often to to describe right. you know the the overall structure. Uh, and those events right. aren't connected necessarily. There could be a greater force, maybe, but but they are not connected. What's connect? What's connecting is that your business has a, has a lot of value, and you as an entrepreneur has to have to understand that every single occurrence is independent of other occurrences, and you just have to persevere until you find them. Right, Michael. Let me tell you something. You're absolutely right, and I'm going to say this to you, and I'm going to say it to your viewing audience. You cannot live life by circumstances. Circumstances will fail you. They will, they will erode your confidence. They will destroy everything you've built. Circumstances are not how you live. If you live your business professionally or personally by circumstance, you will likely fail. And I don't mean fail like in a good way, because you'll never be able to win. You'll never see the wins. And I tell people often, when you have a win, no matter how small or how large, you have to live in that win. Right? Celebrate. You have to celebrate it. Right. I just had a team meeting yesterday and um, we just signed a a new uh, agreement. We're taking our show um, we're adding another network to our to our TV show, uh, or adding our TV show to another network, and um, and you know that's a huge win. We just it was a that's a big deal, like big deal and like literally deal on paper, right? And my team, you know, we talked about it, and then we're like moving on to the next, and we're going. And I was like, wait a minute, no, no, like we need to celebrate this. Like this is a this is a big deal. They came after us. They wanted us. Because on the flip side, Michael, if we were to get canceled by some network, we'd be devastated. And you'd live in that. Right. Right. You'd live in that. So we have to like really, really accept and live in the the wins. I hear people say sometimes, well, I never get too low. I never get too high. And I get that. But I feel like you got to get high. Because life will, life will take you down if you let it. Exactly. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think that those words are so, so important for me, for, for my friends that are now watching this. So thank you for sharing. We just have a few minutes left. 20 minutes go by way too quickly. But, but Michelle, tell me a little bit about your book. And yeah. we, we, complete, we didn't even talk about an entire subject that I wanted to, which, which is the idea of parenting and entrepreneurship together. Not something that I have any experience myself whatsoever, but, but you do and you, yeah, you, you wrote yeah. about it as well. <laughs> not yet, not yet. Uh, hopefully my girlfriend is not watching this uh, for the time being. Uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but Michelle, tell me a little bit about your book and, and about your experience and, and some of the key insights that you've gained from them. Yeah, so the book really was built around teaching people how to parent intentionally. And from an entrepreneurship uh, focus, this is important because when you have kids and you're running your own business, it opens up a lot of doors because it allows flexibility and malleability and schedule. But it also closes a lot of doors because you end up working a lot, right? You end up working often. And your kids see that. 
So part of the reason I wrote the book is because I wanted people to see that, you know, even as an entrepreneur, you can still be very present and very Mm -hmm. aware and very intentional about how you parent your kids. And there are two benefactors in this. It's your kids, but it's also you, right? Right. Um, And so I talk a lot in the book about um, uh, different different situations I pose in the book where it works, right? So my first tenet is obey immediately and happily. And I got that from a headmistress at the school uh, that we were touring some years back for one of my kids. I have four boys. And, uh, and she was like, listen, we teach all of our kids to obey immediately and happily. Because if they don't listen to us, they, you, we can't train them for the outside world. How do you train someone that won't listen to you? Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And so even now, Michael, my kids, they mock me now sometimes, but I'll be like, how do we obey? And they're like, immediately and happily. You know, I'm like, okay, right. well, let's get to it. I'm missing the immediate and happy, happy piece of this, right? Um, right? But my kids, they know this stuff. I can't train you if you don't, if you don't listen to me. Right. Um, no, and I'm sure that it's it's a beautiful line of both the 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 obedience, but this this what what I'm hearing from you is that it's not just the obedience, but it's the openness. Because really, what what does it mean happily? It means to be open minded while doing something. Right. Uh, you know, I served in the military for a few years here, and and this concept of obedience immediately that that makes perfect sense, especially you know in in dangerous circumstances where you know your life right. experience. Your life experience is much greater than theirs, and is first it's uh, is comply, and now but be, being open minded while doing so allows you to actually understand why why does that make sense, and 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 really understand it in, internally so that you can exercise that independent thought process yourself later on, right? I love what you just said. I'm actually going to take that and steal it, and I promise I'll give you your credit for it, Michael. But. <laughs> I'm going to take that because you're right. When people hear happily, they think that the kids are skipping off like, yay, I'm going to clean my room. I can't wait. And it's not that. No. It's the fact that you're not going to push back. Right. It's that you're not going to be resistant. It's the fact that you're going to be open-minded to the fact that you need to do what I tell you to do. And, and I love this. There's a situation that happened, and I talk about this in the book from a danger perspective. I love that you said that. Um, where we were, we've been places sometimes, and I, and I tell my kids, get in the car, right? And they're like, oh, it's just like, why, why do I need to get, get in the car? You know, you don't get in the car. We get car checked. We get, you know, whatever. Because you don't listen. So now I can't even do my job as a parent. I can't even protect you because you're not listening to me. And that happens. We see these examples all the time. I mean, I've had it. I mean, we've never been carjacked, but I've had examples where I've told my kid, get in the car, get in the car. And I'm like literally snatching them. Get in the car. Like there's a weird guy walking around here. I don't know what he's doing. Like get in the car, you know? Um, But we it's our job and michael you right. learn this when you have kids but it's our job to send our children back in as good or better condition than we got them 100 that's our job 100 
Yeah. Michelle, so. it's uh, we, we can go on for hours. Uh, I feel like we just opened up a Pandora's box and I think that what I'll have to do is I'm going to have to first read the book and I'm going to have to invite you to another yeah. podcast because I have uh, I have uh, about 20 more questions than what I've started with. So thank you for that. Whatever. Uh, you tell you tell everybody that. You tell everyone that. You just No, 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 no. No, no, no. I, I genuinely very, very much enjoyed this. And I think that the insights you bring to the table with first, you know, on the business side, the intentionality and strategic thinking and that mindset, the training mindset as a stepping stones until reaching that that great, that great objective. I think that's that's exactly what how I am trying to to live, you know, my professional career. Your insights into this idea of parenting with entrepreneurship and and the your own inspiration growing up and and, and that just the first lesson that you got to share with me. I, I I just can't wait to read about that those other lessons. But for now, Michelle, I have the final question for you, which is three words that you would use to describe yourself. Three words. Um Giving, strategic, slash intentional. Can I make that the same word? A hundred percent. And um, and joyful. I love it. Michelle, thank you very, very much. I'll see you in Atlanta, Georgia when I'm there. And until then, uh, stay safe and stay healthy. Listen, thank you so much for having me. And if anyone wants to follow me, you can. I'm at Michelle Taylor Willis on just about everything. Wonderful. Thank you very, very much. Take care.